Yeah, welcome back to Sports Rewind, Sports Dribble. Joined by Davo and BJ again this evening, fellas. How are we? Good, mate. Big week of sport, fellas. We've got Aussie Open. We've got NFL playoffs. We've got cricket. Got heaps going on. Yep. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. How was the weekend? Any, uh, oh, there was heaps of cricket for you, Davo. Yeah, mate. Lots of played and played and watched. So, yep. How did so daughter that, go up there, mate? At Singo, she did well. She did well. For, um, they came second. Even like there wasn't a, a final, but they finished second on points. Bloody yep. Newcastle, uh, just in front of them. So they won five of their six games. Uh, oh. but just a, a good experience for her, just to play on turf. Uh, play against some older girls and just sort of dip the dip the toes in the water, so to speak. So yeah. um, they all did well. They all got along really well, and it was a great bunch of girls to sort of be away with and um, good experience. Yeah, nice, unreal. Not too hot up there, mate. Ah, uh, thirty-one, thirty-two, but it's oh. a dry heat, so beautiful. Um, it was much worse down here on the weekend when I was like twenty-six when yeah. you threw in the humidity. Yeah. Uh, as long as you stay hydrated, mate, then it's all good. Oh, yes. Well, staying hydrated, as always. Perfect. What about you, Randall? Nothing for me, mate. I I was just the old couch potato, mate, watching all the uh, sport this week. Fair enough there, mate. I was on mute there for a minute. <laughs> what about you, mate? Uh, mate, not much for me. Uh, bit of lifting, that's about it. Uh, Lifting, yeah, mate. It's only five weeks to the Bristow Open, so I better start doing a bit. <laughs> it's only yeah. been four years, so I'm lifting. Yeah, you'll be old. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <sighs> Enough of the lifting, fellas. Let's kick off with some tidbits. Now, Davo, what have you got for us this week on the tidbits, mate? As usual, a couple of baseball ones. We start with the old the machine. Good old Albert. Um, Stackcast worked out his average home run trot was 26 seconds. So if you take that over his full career, Albert spent just over five hours of his life just running the bases after hitting a home run. So uh, that's, that's a pretty cool thing. And when you work out over 700 home runs, um, that's that's not bad at all. Pretty so good. Then, then um, the next one. The 1920 home run leaders for the American League, Babe Ruth, 54, St. Louis Browns, 50, uh, Philadelphia <laughs> A's, 44, Chicago White Sox, 37. So just shows how good Ruth was and how crazy a stat it is when he beat other teams uh, in home runs. Yeah, yeah. pretty yeah. impressive. Just ahead of his time, wasn't he? Oh, how nice would it have been to see him play, though? Yeah, couldn't even imagine it. See that and, swing. And then finally, uh, another decent hitter from back in the day, Ty Cobb. He once hit 400 over a span of 800 games. No one has hit 400 over a span of 200 games in the last 90 years. <laughs> so just... Let that sink in for a while. It's like the good hitters we've had round and how good a hitter Cobb must have been to average 400 over a span of 800 games. That's insane. 
It's crazy. Well, I think that's what six six seasons or something. So yeah, they're crazy. they're the tidbits for for this week. Good ones, Davo. Nice. nice. What do you got for us, Randall? Mate, I've got a little photo here that I come across, and it has a picture of three Atlanta Braves pitchers, starting pitchers. Yeah, Hutto's nodding. I think he knows that this is going to be. Yeah, Smoltz, Glavin, and Maddox. And it says, these three pictures accounted for seven of eight Cy Young Awards between 1991 and 1998. Yeah. What kind of rotation is that? And, and how many World Series did they win in that time? Yeah. Oh, bomb. <laughs> and the tidbit, who was the pitcher that uh, was won the eighth one? It'll have to be. Um, ooh, now you got us. Was was it your mate, the <laughs> Rocket? Lucky. No. Ooh. No, it, it was another guy who went to Boston and did well in Boston. Apparently, oh, it was baby. Pedro. Oh, there oh you go. Martinez. Martinez yeah. won the 97 uh, Cy Young. Wow. I thought it might have been the Rocket. but Nah, he yeah, he was it. in Houston in the 2000s. There you go. But, yeah, um, I read that and I thought, oh, who 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 beat him on the other year? So I had to look yeah. it up. <laughs> That's, that is a good one, actually. Um, and the other one I got, there was a bit of breaking news that came out during the week. Um from a beloved Orioles, uh, was uh, Ben McDonald tweeted out that he was uh, happy to report that he's agreed to terms with Masson Orioles Broadcasting on a new contract to be back next year again in Birdland's booth pending a physical. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there. <laughs> but he said he's pretty confident he'll be right. Stretch up, old son. Test out those vocal cords yeah. in your physical. Yeah, that's it. That's it. He should be good, I reckon. I think he'll be right. They love him there. They do. Mate, I've got a, a couple for you again. Baseball for me as well. Um, Aaron Nola has thrown 10,000 fastballs in his career. Nine of them have been 96 miles uh, per hour or greater. Three of those nine were to his brother, Austin. <laughs> when he was hitting. How good's that? Was or that was that was that in the playoffs this year? Uh, did, I, they, did they face off early in the in the playoffs? I think or? they they face off. Yeah, the first first series Wild wasn't card, it? Maybe wild card, maybe. Yeah. Um. The other one was. Uh, oh, Jose Alvarado and Gregory Soto combined for eighty-one percent of the uh, hundred-plus mile per hour pitches thrown by all left-hand pitchers in the twenty twenty-two. MLB season. And Crazy. now they're teammates, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they are, yeah, aren't they? They are now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Soto um, just traded last week, I think. Yep. Yeah. And the other one I've got, fellas, uh, how about that bloke that put $1.4 million on the Chargers when they were 27 up and uh, he was going to win $11,200 and lost. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh that's gold. Sure thing, eh? Sure thing. About to be half sure time. We're up twenty-seven nil. Yeah. Jackson Jacksonville don't look like they're in the game. No. Nah. <laughs> Oops. Oh mate, just uh yeah, put a, a sneaky one point four mil on it. 
course you'd just have that lying around, so why not? Uh, yeah, far out. Now, fellas, I had a bit of a guess for us tonight. Uh, it's out. Actually, Dave, do you want to introduce this guest, uh, mate, from the talk in the chat? Obviously, you're real close with uh, this this person. Uh, but, yeah, if you want to give him a bit of an introduction, we've all played with him or played against him. Um, and... Absolute great human, but I'm going to admit him to the room here. If you want to give you a bit of a rundown on, on this legend. One of those cheating left-handers. Mm. That's him. So two, That's 2004 him. Olympian, silver medalist. So first yep. time we've had a silver medalist on here. And uh, Blue Sox legend. Um, and has has the uh, name of the second best sporting house at Lisrao Primary School. It's uh, our good mate, Ando. How are you, mate? Hey, good. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Welcome, Ando. Great to have you on, mate. mate. Thank you. Mate, bit of a bit of a a great career in Australian baseball, but not only Australian baseball, played uh, overseas as well. Give us a rundown on how you got started with baseball. Um, I think the story goes back to sort of when Dad was dragging me along to baseball and. Um, I even remember back to when I was like two or three years old asking dad to play and my auntie and uncle to play catch all the time, put an ice cream helmet on my head and pretend that I'm the catcher or something like that and then would switch it around and I'd be the pitcher. And I clearly remember one day dad took me down to baseball at Acock Park and he walked me over to the cricket pitch and he said, if you want, you can try cricket and kind of stood there and Dave, I won't really like this story, but I... <laughs> sat there for a little while and watched the cricket and thought it was a little bit boring and ended up just following dad's footsteps with the baseball. Beautiful. Now, I know you played down there, uh, Central Coast. The, were you always uh, with the Pirates? Yeah, Pirates in the summer, Lions in the winter. They were sort of my two local clubs. Um, and then, yeah, uh, through the Central Coast reps and that sort of thing. And we won't mention that Newcastle team you played for. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's a very popular team. Like this. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> They're only not popular because they won everything for yeah. the past hundred years. That's the only yeah. reason people don't like them. And yeah, those... we have won a couple when I was there as well. So uh, unfortunately, that dominance is all finished now, and there's a there's another team that's taken over that. So yeah, that's it. it Good it, guys, finally there comes Good in time. cycles. <laughs> <laughs> so mate yeah you played with the pirates as a junior played with some central coast baseball um some new south wales country as a junior um now how i guess for us is how did you go from a new south wales country rep to um uh, play for australia and things like that what was the progression for you um playing in these tournaments to get to that next level for the australian team yeah, so as you said, I came through all the Central Coast and country teams and that sort of thing. And um, as I was sort of getting through the 16s and 18s, I then got invited to the New South Wales Institute of Sport. So there were a couple of Central Coast guys going down to uh, the old Auburn ballpark and that sort of thing and going down to uh, New South Wales Institute of Sport. I think there was a bit of stuff like some testing and stuff happening at Homebush and like it was pretty full on there. And that's when I started getting into it seriously. Um 
yeah, through the 18s and stuff, then you start getting some interest from some scouts. And I, I think really only had interest from two or three teams, but uh, ended up then landing with Seattle with Chris Snelling. We kind of signed on the same day and off we went to the Mariners uh, in 1999. And that's where it all began. 1999, mate. So that is obviously a long time ago, but looking back now, looking back at sort of Newcastle and Central Coast those days, there were some quality players around um, in that era. And you mentioned Chris Snelling and um, and we think of, you know, guys like Adam Morrissey and, and people like that that obviously were at that level and went over there. Now, as a player in, in the late 90s, it's a lot different now, um, I guess, to getting signed now than what it was back then. It was very rare to see an Australian make it, uh, I guess, to the States to play. Um, first of all, massive achievement there. But what would you say to kids now on, I guess, how you how you got there was your hard work. Uh, obviously, kids need to get their hard work in now. What would you? What would your best advice for kids, sort of fifteen, sixteen, that wanting to pursue that sort of career later on in life? Yeah, it's it's a hard one because um, I, I was so focused on baseball. I, I actually didn't get many offers. I got more offers to go professionally than I did college. So I hardly even had that. Well, not didn't have the option, but I was I was getting more offers to go in that direction. Whereas now, um, you would you would definitely also tell them to seriously consider the college option as well because you can go and get your education and that sort of thing so you sort of got to sit down and think what's the best option for you how realistic is it to to get to the big leagues um should you be getting an education first and that sort of thing um looking back on it now like i'm sort of i don't have anything to fall back on so i was lucky enough to be given a job by one of my good friends so i've fallen into a job after my baseball career but yeah that's that's the sort of thing you've got to think about is what's sort of best for you at the time and and then what's going to be best for you after that as well with, you know, having an education to back you up and that sort of thing. So, yeah, definitely a lot of thinking for those young players to do. And uh, But I, I wouldn't have done it any other way saying that as well. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now, so 99, you went to Seattle. Um, I believe you played A-ball there. Um who was it? It was uh... Aquasox, Everett Aquasox. That's yeah, it. Yeah, started off with the short season Everett Aquasox. That was my first like half season of professional baseball. Yeah. And how how different was it coming from Australia to playing over there? Oh, so different. Like where you know I was getting a bit of baseball because of the uh, New South Wales Institute of Sport and that sort of thing, but um. Oh, as soon as I got there, this is the story I, I tell a lot of people. I, I got picked up at the airport by uh, sort of my scout's interpreter. He's uh, got to do with the Pacific Pacific Rim scout, scouting and that sort of thing. So he picked the Australian guys up. I, I get picked up and taken to the Mariners complex and all the teams are out there training because I was, I was a little bit late to um, to spring training just because of other commitments and that sort of thing. And the minor leaguers are all out on the field. The major leaguers are out on the field. And I got taken into the, the complex and there's Randy Johnson and Dan Wilson. They're the only two guys in the, in the clubhouse at the moment because they're the starting pitcher and the starting catcher for the, the spring training game that day. So I, I get over there 
and that that's the welcome I sort of get. So you know, a big six foot ten lefty, and it's like this this is what I'm up against. So um, and then yeah, you get out there spring training. You're out on the field from sort of seven in the morning till three in the afternoon after your games and that sort of thing. For well, I went to extended spring training as well, so it was a good month months and months worth of that, and uh, it was yeah very different. Um, but you, you you quickly get used to it as well. So with your spring training, mate, what as a pitcher, uh, what would a day to day be? Uh, well, well, back then in in the late nineties, what would a day to day be for your spring training? Um, a lot of the time, because I we were based in Arizona with the Mariners, and it was very hot over there, even sort of in March or April, sort of thing. We would usually get our running in first. We'd we'd get to the field, we'd get fed breakfast at the field. That give us a little bit of time just to get ready and stuff. And then it was into conditioning. So you'd be doing your conditioning at eight in the morning. So you're not doing it in the heat of the day. Um, then you'd, you'd go into all the team drills, um, plenty of PFPs, plenty of standing around, fielding, batting practice and that sort of thing. And then so you'd, you'd be doing that from sort of nine till maybe midday, one o'clock, and then you'd have lunch and then you'd be out for a spring training game. So you'd either be pitching that day or you might be charting or something like that. And then it'd just be repeat for you know it'd be a month or so if you're going to a long team long season team or you'd be there till about june if you're going to a short season team and what about the facilities uh compared to what we have here <laughs> yeah um it's funny you say that because when i um went to the mariners they had this brand new state-of-the-art complex it was awesome um, I moved over to the Orioles in 2006 and they, they sort of had a bit of a rundown complex um, that we were there for a while. But then obviously not long after that, they sort of move out of there and then they get their own state, state of the art complex as well. So they're, they're just amazing. I mean, even, even able fields and that sort of thing is pretty much better than anything we've got in the ABL and that sort of thing. Um, the, the ABL fields now are sort of, you know, they're, we're getting away from the old base uh, football fields and stuff that they used to have in the old ABL and we're, we're getting the purpose-built baseball fields and uh, they're able to build some more nice stands around it and that sort of thing. But, yeah, America's just obviously next level compared to what we've got. Yeah, us, us uh, three are sort of dreaming about, you know, what it could be like, but uh, <laughs> some of the facilities that we've seen, mate, you know, places like... Uh, Waterboard Oval, things like that. Whew. Hey, mate, that, new, that, that that new that new uh, facility they got built there, mate. It's Newcastle state of the art, yeah. <laughs> not the old brick, not the old brick shit house anymore. The old tim, the old timber shack canteen. It's now a proper facility. Yeah, I, ha- I haven't been up to check that one out <laughs> yet, but I, I'm I'm sure it is getting a nice upgrade. Yeah, we've only finished the last couple of weeks oh, of really? the season last year, so. <laughs> Brand spanking, you can even have a shower in there now without rats or anything crawling on you. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate, you moved through uh, A ball through um, through to AAA pretty quickly, you know, a few seasons. Um, now, you also made, was it the, the All-Star team in 2020? Uh, t- sorry, 20, it was 2000, wasn't it? All-Star Futures game. Yeah. Been. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so playing that in my second year over there. 
I guess as an international player, they had to nominate one American player and one in international. I was lucky enough to be the international player picked. Um, so yeah, got to play in Atlanta in the 2000 Futures game. Pretty any not- any notables there, mate, that you played against in that game? Oh, I'm sure there'd be plenty of guys. Um, Too long one one guy that stands out, and only only because I happened to meet him in the elevator the day of the game, and he just asked if I was going to the game and that sort of thing. Um, and I didn't know who he was at the time. And then probably the year after that, he was in the big leagues. Was Barry Zito? Um, so yeah, he was, and he was a nice one to sort of meet and then go. Oh, look, he's in the big leagues a year later. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm sure there would be plenty of guys. Yeah, um, okay. I think maybe Josh Hamilton might have played in that game. Um, but yeah, plenty of guys would have gone on to the big leagues from that game. Another handy lefty, old Zito. Yeah, yeah, not a, not a bad curveball. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm looking back through your stats here, mate, and you've been you've been all over the shop with uh, where you played. How does it feel? Uh, I guess not knowing where you're going to be going, you know, moving up or down um, with your career um, pretty quickly, you know. You might play really, really well in in A ball and get moved up. Or um, was there a lot of pressure? Did, well, did you feel a lot of pressure was on for you to progress? Or um, I guess what what did you feel about you know getting moved up levels and moved down levels at different um, parts of your career? Yeah, when when you're young, you kind of don't feel it. You like you said, I, I was lucky enough to just advance one level at a time all the way up to AAA. Um, that that to me just kind of seemed like the natural progression. Um, a lot of people don't do it that way. They, I, I kind of was lucky enough to do it one step at a time. Some people get stuck in rookie ball or get stuck, stuck at certain levels. Um, but, yeah, then then I got to AAA and was knocking on the door and I couldn't couldn't quite make that extra step. So it was, it was a little bit frustrating just being stuck there. And then, like, it was all about sort of putting a good year or two together and, Unfortunately, I, I wasn't able to just like impress anybody enough for them to give me the chance. But then, yeah, I, I did bump around a little bit when I went to the Orioles. So they, they sort of started me in AAA and then I went down and then I went up. And um, yeah, and then in between, I, I did like a part season in the industrial leagues in Japan just to keep playing and that sort of thing. So it, it was all about you just got to whatever wherever you are, you just got to try and put up the numbers and impress look you got to try and impress somebody just to keep that career going. And, um, yeah, you like you do feel the pressure because you see guys getting released around you and you know that it could be you any day. But, um, yeah, you just got to keep plugging away and keep putting up the numbers and, yeah, just keep going at it. Now, you did say um, you went over with Snell. Were there any other Aussies over there, uh, I guess, first of all, in the Seattle camp uh, when you first went over? Yeah, so Brandon Kingman was there when I went over. Um, so he was kind of the he was the guy who had been over there for a few years already. So he was kind of the older, experienced guy over there. Um, Brad Drain from uh, Wollongong, yeah. and Matt Kent uh, from Victoria. So we had we had a nice little crew there of about five or six of us to start with, and then sort of over the years there, a couple of guys came in and out. So it always seems like we did have an Aussie guy or two at the Mariners. Um, yeah, and then as I sort of moved on, I don't I don't really remember 
John John Stevens was at the Orioles before I was there, so there's always sort of stories about John. But I I don't think I ever had an Aussie with me at the Orioles. So, but yeah, a lot at the Mariners. And back then, was there lots of uh, Dominican Republic um, sort of people coming through? I know now talking to some of the younger kids at the Funky Phil Showcase, some of them have even learnt Spanish and you know different languages to fit in with their teams and stuff were there heaps coming through when you were coming through yeah yeah definitely so that that was another bit of a culture shock like you said what what was the main differences but yeah like i i don't know what the percentages would have been exactly but there were a lot especially at the lower levels because they'll, they'll sign you know tons and tons of the latinos and that they'll they'll just expect them to hopefully progress through as well but there were there were a lot at the lower levels so when you get over there and you're learning the ropes. You you do start trying to pick up a bit of Spanish and that sort of thing as well, because they they do like to mingle with the, the internationals as well. They know you're from another country, so they do they do kind of sense that they they're going through what you're going through. So um, yeah, you do kind of get a bit of a bond with some of the Latino players as well. Yeah, for sure. Now, Davo, let's talk about this uh, Olympic Games, mate. This is obviously every kid's dream is to uh, be an Olympian. Um, Dave, I know you've talked about, you know, being the first Olympian on our show here. Uh, what have you got for Ando in regards to the Olympics, mate? Well, just dual Olympian. So what was that like walking into the stadium or for, for Sydney to start with, uh, home Olympics in front of the big crowd and then um, – going over to Athens and winning the silver medal? Like, what what was uh, the village life like and uh, you, just your whole uh, Olympic experience? Yeah, it, it was amazing. I, I got so lucky with the two Olympics I got to go to, to, like, an Olympics in your home country and then an Olympics in the birthplace of the Olympic Games. Like, you couldn't ask for two better Olympics to go to. Um, yeah, I just remember walking through the stadium in Sydney, there's like 110,000 people all cheering. And as you can imagine how loud it got when Australia got announced, I remember just trying to talk to people next to you and you couldn't even hear the person 50 centimetres away from you. That's how loud it was. Um, And, yeah, the stadium was shaking and that sort of thing. And then out on the field, like, you you go to Homebush to watch the football and that sort of thing, and here we are competing in the Olympic Games in front of, like, baseball was just a buzz. Look, every sport was, but we were getting, you know, 15,000 people out to the Games and, like, it was, they were wanted tickets to just see anything Australia. So, unfortunately, we didn't do so well in Sydney. We we came seventh. We had a bit of a a mix of older guys and then younger guys coming through. So the result didn't go the way we wanted, but... um, yeah, that was an awesome experience. And then to go over to Athens, like we got the tour of the old Olympic Stadium there where the old Olympics were held and um, and then to win silver. Like that, the day we beat Japan in that semi-final and we're guaranteed a medal, like you just can't describe that game. You know, you're beating I – think, I think they bought the startup that our team was worth maybe a combined – $2 million and we're playing against a Japanese all-star team worth $200 million or something like that. And we go out and beat them one nothing. Chris Oxpring throws a great game and then Jeff Williams shuts them down for the win. And yeah, like 
can't even describe what that felt like. So, yeah, just awesome. Insane. And that's a, anything above that's a bonus then, isn't it? Because you've you've done that guaranteed medal. And how, as you say, how many people in the world can say they have an Olympic medal of any kind, let alone yeah. silver? Yeah. And I, I think we gave Cuba, like Cuba was just the most dominant team through the Olympics up until that period. And we gave them a real scare in the final as well. So, um, yeah, awesome just to come away with a medal and, um yeah, it's a pity it didn't go the other way, but like you said, how many people can say they've been to two Olympics and won a silver medal? So, yeah. Absolutely. Where does your medal reside now, mate? Is it up on a on a shelf somewhere nice or is it mum and dad's? Uh, or It's in a safe in our house, but for a long time it was living in a safe at mum and dad's house and they've decided to pass it on. So, um, yeah, I thought it was sort of, it was only in the safe, but I thought it was a nice gesture to let mum and dad hold on to it for a while because um, obviously they've, they've been through it all. So they, they had the honour of getting to hold on to it, but then they've, they've passed it over to us for now. Oh, so sitting at home. <laughs> hey, speaking of your mum and dad, obviously um, a big commitment uh, as a junior, you know, travelling around here, there and everywhere. Um, they were both very well involved in the sport um you know throughout not just your career but i i reckon your old boy's still probably pl- playing fifth grade now is he, he is yeah he, he's, he's still going saying he's pitching like three or four innings a weekend still so loves it still rolling it over the amount of people that he's i guess coached and mentored throughout the years is insane like uh I remember as a junior, I think we had him in under 13s, 14s and 16s country and uh, as a pitching coach and, you know, helping out here, there and everywhere. It was it was always, uh, you know, a nice welcome face. Old Ando, uh, good to see you still playing fifth grade, mate. Yeah, he's, he's still doing well. He's He's got his little niggles here and there, but he's, he's still going. Um and yeah, like mum and dad did so much for my career. I mean, they they went to every game they could. They were sitting up in the stands at the, in the Blue Sox, even towards the end of my career. They didn't have to keep doing that, and they still kept coming down to every, even games I wasn't pitching in. You know, you would have a four game series starting on a Thursday night, and they'd they'd be there for it. Um, and yeah, like you said, dad dad would have coached probably every Central Coast junior and country junior for probably a 20-year period or something like that. So, yeah. you know, he always talks about how he coached Atho and Ryan Rowland-Smith and he just can roll off all the guys that he's coached. And yeah, well, but like they, Who didn't he coach? Yeah, well, that, that's right. Yeah, he just pitching coach and, um, yeah, all the, all the Coasties teams and Marlins and all that sort of thing, so... Yeah, but they, they were just a huge influence and obviously I wouldn't have done it without them. And um, Yeah, as as with any parent, you just can't thank them enough. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some great great memories, that's for sure. Mate, you talked about the Blue Sox just then. Um, you won a few Claxon Shields, I believe, um, and played, was it 10 years with the Blue Sox? Was it 10 or 11 years? Yeah, I I don't know. I played from when like the old, oh, the sorry, the new ABL started, and I'm not sure if I sort of got to the ten years, sort of eight, nine, or ten years yeah. of the new of the new ABL as well. So yeah, twenty ten to twenty nineteen by the looks of it. Yeah, 
Now, obviously, things are changing with the Blue Sox at the moment. They've gone through a bit of a um, period with change of ownership this year. Um, do you ever think about rolling the arm over again this year? or No, I, I think it would hurt too much. I'm, I'm the sort of person who needs all the preparation I can get. So I reckon if I went to go out throw a baseball right now, I reckon it, it wouldn't hurt too much today, but I reckon tomorrow I would be in a lot of pain. So... Yeah, I think I think the year after I retired, Dobbsy may have given me a phone call and said, "Are you sure?" And I'm like, uh, "I was like, yeah, Dobbsy, I, I just don't think I could do it." So, four years later, I couldn't imagine how much my arm would hurt if I tried to roll it over. Right. Oh, you're you're right for Masters, mate. Come on. Yeah. Uh, Canelo Masters I, a few weeks away, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's coming up soon. And you're often the celebrity coach for the Pirates in the Pinello Masters. Comes out the other year and threw a uniform on. Didn't play, but was there supporting supporting Pirates for a great yeah, cause. Made a bit of an appearance a few years ago. And if it's a few weeks ago, maybe I need to start throwing every day now to get ready for that. I reckon that's how much how much it would take to, to even be able to get the ball to home plate at the moment. <laughs> We'll, uh, we'll give you a little bit more time. I think September we have the Toronto Masters, mate. So yeah. when, he's a, when, he's, when he's a pretty good team, you know, Campbell, Norman, uh, Sago, a few of those sort of characters. Randall, yeah. that guy gets a run. A, uh, <laughs> Moy- Moyer. Sports Rewind team in Randall and uh, take him down. Uh, oh, bit of a rivalry, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> Never. I don't want to face Jason McAdam. <laughs> He's too young. So, mate, and, um, oh, you go. Sorry. Go, Dave. You're all right, mate. I was, I was just going to say, with the Baseball Classic coming up soon, I remember a good story you had for us when you played uh, over in Mexico and you beat Mexico. And um, tell us about the, the bus trip back to the motel that night. Yeah, so um, unfortunately that was not one of my best outings. Um you know, well, you got, you're going didn't to worry about the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you go into Mexico City, and it's uh, apparently it's higher altitude than uh, than Coors Field. So as you as you can imagine, the day before the game, I'm watching batting practice, and balls are going 30 rows up into the stands and that sort of thing. So it's like, oh, great, here we go. Um, I started that game. I think I gave up like six or seven runs. Only got four outs. I'm I'm done in the second inning, pitching against uh, uh, Perez. I think he was with the Mets or something at the time. He, he gave up seven as well. So it's like seven all in about the third inning. We go on to win the game 17-7. So we beat the home team. Um, the guys are sitting down in the bullpen and all of a sudden they're getting showered with nuts and bolts from the stands. Um, and on the way home, we pretty much had to get a police escort home. We got the sirens before and after the game, police escorting us back to the, the hotel and we're told probably shouldn't be leaving the hotel, guys. It's not safe, probably especially after you've just beaten the home team. Wow. And didn't you have That's a crazy. tank as well sort of right yeah, beside actually, you? We did. We had the we had the tank behind us as well as, as police escorts. So, yeah, pretty, pretty interesting. That's be quite the sight sitting on the back of the bus, look out the back window, and there's this big tank rolling behind you. It's like, are they with us or against us? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, a few days later, they went and put a score on us. So uh, that kept the home fans happier. Um, but, yeah, a bit of an experience over there in Mexico. 
But there's, there's an, as you say, there's another thing you've done as well. Was it just one baseball classic or did you do a couple? No, so I actually got to play in the first one in, uh, in Orlando as well. Um, so we, we got to play against the Dominican Republic. I didn't pitch in that game, but um, yeah, so on the same field as guys like, uh, like David Ortiz and um, guys like that. So that was amazing seeing them in person. Um, I, I pitched against Italy. Um, unfortunately, we, we lost that game as well. But what, like, what an experience as well to, to play in two WBCs and you know, another one that's about to come up as well. I'll be watching that closely just to sort of sit back and go, wow, I, I was lucky enough to play in two of those as well. What do you think? How do you think we'll go? Oh, we're, we're, in pool, we're in pool B. We've got Japan, Korea, China, and someone else, but I don't remember who the other person is. Yeah, it's, I think the other team is a winnable game as well. So, so realistically, if they if they can win the games they're they're expect, expected to win, like China, I, I think it might be Czech Republic or somebody like that. Actually, I'm, it is. You're yeah, right. It is Czech Republic. They, they can win those two games, and they've they've just got to beat one of those other two Asian countries. I'm sure they'll just go out and give it everything against one of those two teams. And um, you know, if they win that game, then they're through. So, yeah. Um, the thing is, you can't. The te- Australian teams, you can't rule them out. Um, we with like 2004, we weren't expected to win, and we go out and roll the Japanese team. So that that can happen, and I think I think that's why teams like Japan, like Japan, invite Australia over all the time for for exhibition games and stuff now. And I, I think it is because the world realizes just how competitive Australian teams can be. So yeah, like they're, they're every chance of advancing to the second round for sure. That's good. That's what I want to hear. Yeah, yeah. Now, what would what would you say, mate? Your career highlight would be in your eyes. Um. Oh, as as much as I love my time in America and got so close to getting out, like to the big leagues, it's any time I got to put on an Australian jersey, um, like the Olympics or WBC. Um, I even got to play in that. Um, the series where the Diamondbacks and Dodgers came over. So that, that was sort of like the last time I played for Australia, but it was, it was so amazing to play in the, at the SCG with friends and family there and um, pitch against a big league team. And yeah, so but, but career highlight would, would be the silver medal, but anytime I got to play for Australia, for sure. For sure. Now, mate, great career. Um, before you do go, I want to talk uh, quickly about any injuries you had. Um, talked about you needed a long prep. You know, if you were to say make a comeback now, you might need that long prep. Did you have any uh, injuries while you're in in the states or uh, when you're in Asia? No, I, I got so lucky with injuries. Um, there was one year where I went back where I was just really really sore. I I could hardly throw a ball. 10 or 15 feet so it was when I was with the Mariners so they they flew me over before spring training started did got me doing some rehab and stuff and it, it just ended up being really serious tendonitis and yep. that that was about the worst I ever had so I I was lucky I avoided surgeries and all that sort of thing um but yeah like I said I, I think you got to put that down to like how serious I did take all my preparation and that sort of thing as well like in, injuries happen but and and I wasn't the hardest throw EV obviously so I wasn't putting as much stress on my body and arm as, as some of these guys throwing a hundred miles an hour, but like I, I threw a lot of innings and avoided injury. So 
I was, I was very lucky in that regard. Yeah. Now, speaking of your prep and your long prep, um, obviously the kids these days have got a lot more um, info and sort of sports science behind the way they prepare. What were some of the influences on your preparation, I guess, back before you went to the States? Um, I know um, you had different coaches in juniors and things like that, but what were some of the things um, that were standouts for your prep um, back before you went to the States? Yeah, I, I think it was just about learning, like, obviously for pitchers, it's all about shoulder care and that sort of thing. So coming through the institute and country teams and that sort of thing, um, it was learning all the different, like, shoulder programs and that sort of thing. And then the other thing that's big for me is just your general fitness, um, you know, keeping your legs and your, your core in shape. Um, so there is a lot of preparation that it takes to be a pitcher, obviously. Any position has their specific training. Um, but, yeah, you just you just got to be so um, particular about everything you do. You can't really put one thing aside and say, all right, I'm just going to concentrate on on getting my shoulders strong and forget about your general fitness and stuff. So, um, yeah, I think, like, coming through the Institute, you had guys like Andre Desjardins who was, who was big on um, – like your preparation, but then um, like Barry Holland was more your your technical side of things. So it was it was it was everything really from from your fitness to making sure that you're doing your throwing program right and and everything like that as well. Yeah, for sure. Now you boys got anything else for Endo? Tell me, 2011, did you go and play in Europe? Is that is that right in the Dutch Major League? Yeah, I did. So um, I, I actually played in the 2005 World Cup in Holland and I was sitting there in the middle of a rain delay thinking, like, if it ever came to it, I wouldn't mind playing in Europe. I, I don't know why I had that thought, but um, so my good, career Good was, beer, good beer. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I don't know. It was just a strange thought. I, I think it was because, like, that, that was the year after I was done with the Mariners <laughs> I'd just been to Japan. I hadn't quite signed with the Orioles yet. So it would, maybe it was a so kind of sitting there moment thinking, is is this going to be it? Like uh, maybe I was thinking another time to go to Europe. But then I ended up signing with the Orioles, got those few years with the Orioles and that sort of thing. But then after the Orioles and I didn't sort of get picked up after that, I, I put an email out to a few European teams and Neptunus came back to me. And at the time, Neptunus was one of the biggest clubs in Europe. And one of the, the funny thing is, it was the Neptunus change room that I was sitting in having that thought. And they were the team that came back to me and said, we would like you. So, um, yeah, played a year over there. It was, it was good. Um, it was a little, a little bit more like the State League where you're sort of playing two or three games a week. Um, I got to coach some of their junior teams as well. So that's what I was doing at, like early on in the week. And then I got a few trips uh, around Europe as well. My wife came over and we got a trip to London and, and Paris um, and Rome. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a really awesome way to – it was good baseball and then a nice way to kind of wind down the, the overseas career as well. Yeah, that's good. How, was, how were their facilities, like, comparable, obviously, to Australia or much better? Um, a, little bit, a little bit like ABL facilities. 
Um, I think because they had hosted that 2005 World Cup, they had had a few little stadiums built there so that they did have some nice facilities. The one, the stadium that I played in Rotterdam was nice. It wasn't big. It was a little bit like, a little bit like Blue Sox Stadium, maybe a little bit bigger. But um, yeah, they had, they had some nice fields over there. They, they had some fields that were just like state league fields as well. But um, yeah, so not nice enough facilities. Was uh, Regensburg built how it is at the moment back then in 2011 or was it uh, the older stadium? They've just, um, redone it. they've just redone that, haven't they, for uh, World Classic? Yeah, so so the, the league was a little bit different then. I, I think they like they have a European Cup now where all the teams travel, so they would, they would probably get to see that Regensburg Stadium. But we... We didn't go to that stadium. Um, we, we played our domestic Dutch league and then we did actually get to go to um, Parma in Italy. So that, that was the one sort of European stadium outside of the Netherlands that we got to see. But So we didn't get to see the Regensburg Stadium. Yeah, right. Yeah. Whether they, they combined um, whether the German league and the Dutch league, yeah, wasn't sure. Yeah, no, yeah, they have they have a European Cup with like European sort of the top two or three teams from each league. Um, but yeah, we we didn't play against Regensburg. No, how many teams um, in the Dutch competition when you when you were playing? Um, I I think it was eight, and then they go into a top four kind of playoff format, and they they actually have promotion and relegation too. So, um, sort of the bottom. Two teams, I think it is, and newly, or maybe one, one or two teams come up and down each year. So it, it definitely keeps you on your toes. Like the, the team I was at was a strong team at the time. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's it's a pretty competitive league, especially with the top four or five teams. It was always the top ranked sort of European um, based team. Them Czech Republic, and then obviously like the German baseball league. Mm. It's still. You don't hear many kids going there anymore. Um, sort of back in the early 2000s, we got a lot of the Aussies that, um, you know, weren't going to go anywhere over in the States, got to go to the German sort of Bundesliga and stuff. Um, do, you, do you know if there's many sort of Aussies going over there at the moment or is it more they're just all going to the States? Yeah, I'm, I'm probably hearing of a lot more Americans going over there, like, Guys that uh, are either minor leaguers or college guys are heading in that direction. And, and a lot of them coming to Australia and stuff too. Like there's there's probably a lot more Americans travelling to Europe, which which may be costing the Australians those spots. Yeah. Because, yeah, you're right. You did used to hear of, you know, like Dushan Ruzik and I was over there with Tom Bryce and that sort of thing. So there were a lot of Australians going over to Europe. But um, maybe, maybe the fact that there's more college opportunities as well so that the young Australians are going to college as well instead of going to Europe. Yeah. Uh, but, the, like, that's another avenue you can take. Like, if you want to play top-level baseball, like, Europe is a good option too. I guess um, also with the amount of minor league teams that have sort of been taken out of the system as well, I know with COVID there's sort of not as much funding, so they've lost a lot of minor league teams Um so maybe yeah, the Americans are sort of jumping ship and going over there as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, landscape has changed a bit in the last sort of five years, hasn't it? Sure has. So what's uh, 
what's doing now, Ando? Are you playing any sports? Uh, a bit of golf at the moment, um, as a lot of baseballers do after they retire. Um, yeah, just playing in some – I've joined up at Coinda Waters on the Central Coast, so playing in, in their weekly competitions and trying my best to get good at that. But it's a hard sport, as we know. <laughs> yeah. I hit 118 there 18 <laughs> months ago. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I'll probably hit that high there. It's a, it's a very hoarse uh, lot of water. <laughs> They just don't get into bunkers and early on. I can't get out of the bunker. That, that face on the bunker, there's one there. It must be two and a half metres high, I reckon. Uh, they've, they've strategically placed all, placed all the bunkers and water there, that's for sure. Uh, thanks for coming on, Endo. Appreciate your time, mate. <clears throat> yeah, thank you for having me, having me guys. And um, as I told you off air, I have listened to a few of your episodes and you, you're doing a great job. So thank you. Mate. You're the one of our three listeners. Thanks very much, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thank you, guys. Catch up soon, Endo. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. Uh, that was awesome to have Ando on. Uh, plenty of years' experience in baseball. Uh, absolute legend of a bloke. Um, Dave, you get to spend a bit of time with him um, through your kids' sport. Um, we've all played against or played with Ando and um, mate, what a great career he had. It, it was. I think I've known him just over 30 years now because being pirates and being associated with his old man, got to see him sort of grow up and sort of go through all that. And now, again, yeah, we're sort of, we're still in touch, still close because our daughters go to the same primary school and see him all the time. So um, just top bloke and great career. Mate, he said he didn't have much of a fastball. Bet me every time. Probably only moved this far when he threw it, and then uh, and then the curveball went the other way. That curveball was absolutely well. And then Bill. if he did give up a hit, he'd pick you off at first. Yeah, those bloody lefty cheats. Eh? He didn't. He, he didn't give up a hit to me ever. <laughs> did you face him? Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, I'm pretty no, sure I look stupid as a young as a young fella. And the scary part is he's also a decent hitter. Like, you give him a bat and he will hit, like, well over 400 in local comp, often nearly 500. So it's like he's he's all round, just didn't get the chance to hit while over there. Yeah. Uh, don't give him a chance. Right, let's, uh, let's go with some uh, cricket, Davo. What do you got for us in the cricket? Well, we've got uh, the Sixers doing well against the Strikers here tonight. Uh, good old Steve Smith uh, racked up a ton earlier, flicking ball everywhere. So uh, first Sixers century maker, if you can believe that, which is uh, quite unbelievable considering how long the Sixers been going. But they they got over 203 and the strikers are five for 107. So it looks like Sixers could be consolidating their top two spot. Uh, they had a good win against Perth the other night at the SCG. I went down to that and watched it. Um, but yeah, Perth and Sydney are the standouts. Uh, strikers are still up there. Um, Melbourne beat, oh, sorry, Brisbane Heat beat Melbourne last night on the last last ball boundary. So it's it's done a good now. The test players are back. It's starting to tighten up a bit. So it's it's looking good for to come into the final series. And but I still think it's going to be between Perth and Sydney for a final. Yeah. So that's good. And the Aussie women had an easy win 
over uh, Pakistan yesterday. Uh, Rain-affected matchup in Brisbane. But uh, young 19-year-old Litchfield on debut uh, led the way. I think she was 77, I think. Uh, so the Aussies did it easy there. And they've got game two of the um, of their series tomorrow. So plenty of, plenty of cricket happening. Beautiful. Randall. Yeah. NFL, mate. NFL, mate. Some quality um, games today. I've um, I changed my hat. <laughs> I actually might burn it later on tonight, but anyway, is what it is. Um, there was some quality games over the weekend. Um, I think, I think we all missed on two. Looking at um, what what our uh, what our picks were. Actually, no, we missed on one. We only missed on the one. We had the 49ers, 41 over the Seahawks, 23 in the first game. Mate. How about this game for a close game? Like, half time, Seattle were leading 17-16. Yeah. Like, and you thought, oh, Seattle's going to run away here. They, they look dominant. Fourth quarter, San Francisco, 18 points. Thanks for coming. They won the fourth quarter. They win the game. That's that, That's probably the big thing they're saying. I did hear a lot of that. You win the fourth quarter, you win. Yeah. So, and, and they did. That was big points. What about, though, you've got <clears throat> Brock Purdy. You know, he's how many third-string quarterbacks have we got like that are running around in the playoffs, right? Brock Purdy is 6-0 and as a, you know, a third-string quarterback, and he's a, he's a starter now. Yeah. Absolutely unreal to watch. He's just showing so much poise and just, yeah, I've loved watching everything he's done so far. Just killing it, isn't he? He's going to go from a third string to someone's going to want him as their starter. Yeah. Yeah. All all thanks to a couple of injuries. Yep. But but he's deserved it. The way he's played, he deserves every bit of it too. He's playing playing really well. Yeah. Moving on, Jacksonville. (laughs) <laughs> 31 defeated the Chargers 30. Like I think if both of you guys, <laughs> yeah, both of you guys might were watching this as well. I'm pretty sure we'll we'll text in a fair bit about it. 27 nil. Yeah. Like okay. with a bit it was about 30 seconds to go in the in the first half before um before the Jaguars actually sc- scored a point. At and that it, stage, it, I was thinking. If I had 1.4 mil, I'd probably put it on him. Oh, yeah. I, you know, like, that's crazy. You, you, Lawrence, he threw four intercepts Yeah, in, in the first half. I think the first their first two drives both ended with him throwing an intercept. Yeah. Like, and then he throws another two during that half. Like, it, did not, look, it did not look good for him at all. I sent that text to you guys saying, geez, um, yeah, the, they're going to find it tough to come back from this. He ended up throwing 288 yards, though. <laughs> yeah. insane. And Justin Herbert threw 273 yards. Like, it, they were just polar opposites, first half, second half. Like, yeah. it, it was ridiculous. The way that the way the Jags come out in that second half, they were a completely different team. It, it, was, it was good to watch. I'm happy they got through. Like, it's great to see. It's not. Just same old, same old everywhere. Yeah, and some of these guys are being competitive, and yeah, you know, they've got a shot. Like they do. 
you know, well, we'll see actually with how well, they, they go this week. But hey, they progressed. Did yeah, better well, than the Ravens. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> righto, Washington. We'll get on to the Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to them in a minute. Um, the probably the only game I didn't watch this weekend. Bills thirty four. Over the Dolphins thirty-one. That was a, that was an early game. I think it was a five-thirty game or something. I watched. I only watched I, uh, the uh, condensed game, um, mate. Without, I I can't believe how close the game was, considering, like, again the Miami Dolphins have got like a third-string uh, quarterback again, and uh, yeah, the Bills almost let it go. Josh Allen did throw uh, three touchdowns, 352 yards, but I think he got intercepted twice as well. Okay. Like it's it's crazy. Um, be interesting if Tua was playing, how close it would have been. Or, you know, there's plenty of what-ifs in sport, isn't there? But uh, oh, yeah. it, it was a bit close for, for comfort, I think, for the Bills, 34-31. Yeah, Dolphins have played well all year. You know, like they shouldn't be understated either, I guess. But yeah, yeah, the, the bill you would have thought Bills should have been comfortable. Yeah. Um, Giants. This was the upset, I think. Um, the Giants thirty-one over the Vikings twenty-four. Yeah. Um, didn't see that. No. This is. Um, I think we all went the Vikings, didn't we? We we, we all we were all backing in the Vikings. Yeah. Um, and and Minnesota had their chances all through that game, and especially late in the game too, they had chances to 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 take that game away, and they couldn't come up with it. Giants just kept coming at them all the time, defense off and offense. Like, yeah, they were good. Daniel, Giants were good. Daniel Jones, I don't know if you've seen that play where he did behind the part, behind the back handoff. Mm-hmm. That one, mm-hmm. he's, he's fake thrown and handed off with the other. That was that was brilliant. But mate, he showed, I guess, his class. Uh, he was like a fifty seventh, fifty seventh pick or something like that. And um, yeah, he's shown obviously what he's worth. Uh, in the playoffs so far already, 301 yards, 24 from 35. Uh, it was pretty cool to watch. Yep. But what yeah, about, I agree. What about the Vikings, mate? Kirk Cousins. Now, this guy's been stats for the last couple of years. He's been, you know, those top six or eight quarterbacks. He just can't get it done. Like, no. Did you no. see the last play? Like, yep. Like, That's what I'm so, I mean, they had their chances to four, win it. Four and eight, and he throws it four yards. Are you not going to try to launch it to at least nah. get the first down? Or It was uh, pretty much a bonehead play, but, yep. uh, mate, good luck to the Giants. They were unreal. Yeah, I, I agree. They they deserve their win. That's that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then we come to uh, my heartbreak for the week. Bengals 24, defeated Ravens 17. Um, Davo, I think you watched this game. I think Hutto, you, you might have been, you know, bringing the world some aluminium. Um, oh, we, all, we all said it, Bengals, 
with no Lamar Jackson, I thought Ravens had no chance, like zero chance. Might have, you know, rose-coloured glasses on, but I thought they were probably the better team, the Ravens. Um, yeah, they just fell down in a few places. I think that experience of Lamar just would have made the difference. And yeah. um, it was interesting reading uh, Robert uh, or Griffin, the third came out and said, look, I can understand everyone wanting Lamar to be out there, just strap up, away you go. He goes, take it from me. He's doing the right thing by not playing this season to uh, prolong his career. So Don't destroy uh, your knees and don't, don't ruin your body for that. Just it's, for this year. It's not worth it. Yeah. No, I, I agree 100%. You know, and, and that experience head of Lamar is all they missed, I think. Yep. Um, it was that fumble that that um, when when uh, Huntley tried to do that quarterback sneak. I think we all saw it. Yeah. Tied game, whatever they were, sec, second and in inches or second and in, second and two yards or something something dumb, you know. And he, everyone's in there pushing him from behind, and he tried to jump over and push the ball out. Yeah. They said it on the commentary straight away. They said, if everyone's back behind your push and you got to go low, you. you What's the point of jumping? Yeah, he, he it jumped. just opens the ball up to be taken away, which it was, and it was. It just and then there was no one behind. Like it was just what a defensive end. Who was it? The it wasn't a wide receiver or someone running no. fast down the field. No, uh, <laughs> it was a tight end or something like that. Yeah. And there was just no one there to run him down because they were all, as you say, pushing. Yeah, that's it. They're all they were all in a in a in the old rolling mall. Yep. You know, rugby union style rolling mall, and yeah, they everyone just put their hands up and swatted the ball, and it just popped out. And then you get run. That's the difference. And then you run a ninety-eight yard fucking touchdown, you know, and that's a swing. Yeah, in the end, it's a twenty-one point swing. A four, mm. sorry, a fourteen point swing. You know, Ravens should have been up by seven, and 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 defensively, they were shutting down Burrow, and they were shutting down their attack. So, yeah. Uh, they give, me, uh, they give Lamar, Lamar a bit of a stick on social media, on Twitter um, this afternoon about, you know, about his contract and stuff like that. What Did you hear anything said about um, him not returning to Baltimore? There was something the, I heard on there about, you know, possibly um, some sort of contract. People, people are talking money. They're just saying, you know, he, they're all saying, oh, he won't, he won't stay. He wants more money. He wants more money. He wants more money. But everyone else close to him is saying he's not. Everyone keeps saying he's about the money, and he's not about the money. He he wants to stay here and win. Yeah. Who knows? It's same as the Aaron Judge saga sort of thing. You know, like a high profile player. Um, he can lead that team to a ring. Yeah. But and the, the team's there. The show. The team, 100% the, show, the team's there. The team can do it. 100%. Um, but it, it's all that speculation, like, oh, he, sh- he could get more money going somewhere else or they should give him more money or this or that. But I think maybe they should um, work on Ando's strategy and, do a bit more fitness, mate, and be good for the fourth quarter. That's what's yeah, left. Mate, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you. They've I'm been hearing you. putrid in the fourth quarter. Oh, mate. 
they just can't close the game out, you know? Missing your, your star quarterback for seven weeks too probably doesn't help, but no. and, and that's two years in a row. Yeah. Where they've gone from top of the pile to to not making it. Yeah. And 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 the team that's benefited benefited from that is the Bengals. Yeah. And last year, you know well, anyway, here's what it is, moving right along. Move yeah. on to move, move on to the last game of the weekend. Now we've dragged that out. Uh, Cowboys thirty-one over the Bucks fourteen. I was the only one that said Bucks, saying Dak Prescott is fucking rubbish, <laughs> and that Brady will run all over him, being the old experienced head. Yeah. Tell you what, how'd that work are, out for you? You are an idiot. <laughs> right. Imagine, imagine the score if uh, Brett Mark could kick. Oh, yeah. mate, how's that? How's that? Anyone else can kick. Uh, what's well, Ruben what doing, mate? What's Ruben doing, mate? Like, does he want the, to go over and kick NFL? Like the tweet, the tweet by Jerry Jones, the owner. Yeah. Is there anyone in the stadium who can kick? Come down. I've got a jersey for you, right? Yeah. Now. That's from the yeah. owner. Uh, so, so he missed his first four. His first four extra point extra point conversion he got, kicks. He got the last one, didn't he? Yeah, he got the fifth one when the game was done and dusted and meant Honey, nothing. Honey, as good as your last one, mate. Well, you are. But absolutely, Brady was smashed. I don't know what his offensive line were doing, but hey. that defense defensive line from the Cowboys, every single play had had pressure on him. He had no time to do anything. He, he was getting swamped every play. Well, if you have a look at Brady's um, completions, 35 from 66. I've never seen that from Brady ever. Um, he still ended up with 351 yards. But there's... The, the, the problem was he was throwing the ball away. He, he, was getting, he was just getting swamped by the defense. Yeah. And he was just having to throw the ball away. So... When he was getting a little bit of time, he got in a roll and he'd go, you know, completion, 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 and move down the field. And then all of a sudden, he just gets swamped again. And oh, but now we're punting, or now we're going to go for it on the fourth. And uh, he, he, he didn't was... help Randall with like rushing yards. You got two blokes uh, for 52 yards between them for the game out of yep. 12 carries. Yep. It was it that was poor, help. mate. It was it was poor, and and there was just some sort. Of, I don't know what the miscommunication was, but he was picking the ball up, he's throwing, and a runner's turning right, and he's throwing to the left. Yeah, but there was something was just not right, and then for 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 Dak Prescott, it was the opposite. Yeah, he just seemed to have all the time in the world, absolutely all the time in the world. I don't know if you saw the two-point conversion that he got. I did. I think, I think it was a two-point conversion where it had me. He he did the he did the little fake handoff, yep. and then just spun to his right and started running. And I know I wasn't I wasn't watching him. And all of a sudden he's just got the ball and he's just trotting in. And it was like, oh, oh that was pretty good actually. Totally different team though the Cowboys. Um, you got you know. Three different uh, players getting rushing yards. Um, 
but the amount of receiving yards compared to what the Buccaneers had was just next level. Now, oh. Dak Prescott only had uh, – he had 25 from 33, whereas, um, what did I say, Brady had 66, 35 from 66. Yeah. So he had Dak to go Prescott the had half the attempts and, you know, still come away uh, winners. Is that like you said? It's that rushing yards too, isn't it? You know, like yeah, and and they were just running through them. They were just running through them. Yeah, it just the defensive, the two defensive lines were just one was super effective, the other was ineffective. Yeah. So well done, well done to the Cowboys. They deserve that win. Yeah. Um, moves us on to the divisional playoffs this week, so it's going to be some good fun. Um, Jags versus KC. Unfortunately, KC, they're gone. I don't think Mahomes will run all over them. Yeah. Yeah, I I think so, but I don't I don't think if if they start like they did this week, they won't be behind twenty seven nil, they'll be behind be behind forty nil. Yeah. Um Giants Eagles. Mate, I think the Eagles will have them. Uh, If the Giants play like they did today, again, it's going to be a good contest. Yep, agree. I think I think close, but Eagles, um, probably the game, probably the game of the round. I think Bengals Bills. I wish this could be a Super Bowl game. To be honest, yeah, Um, Bengals Bills. Uh, I'm taking the Bengals. I'm going all out. Going Bengals. You think? I'm rating them. I, I, I'm tossing a coin. Bengals as well, yeah. I think Bengals. Davo? Oh, I'll upset the apple cart. I'll go the Bills. Bills. <laughs> yeah. No, I think they've been a bit more consistent. I know they haven't set the world on fire, but um, I think Bengals were, no, were pretty good last week, but I think Bills might just pip them like, yeah. Yep. 36-30 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, the, the gauge would have been that game a couple, two weeks ago, but obviously that game didn't get played. So, yeah, yeah, we, we don't get to see that. And then Cowboys versus 49ers. I'm on the 49ers. Yeah, I'm on the 49er train. Yep. Should be a pretty good game, though. If, if Dallas can play the way they did, um, it'll be a different game for Prescott because the 49ers' defense – is a lot better than uh, the Bucks, so let's just yeah see how they go with that one. Yeah, yeah and I also think the offensive line for for the 49ers is better than the Bucks too. So yeah, I, I don't think I don't think there'll be as much pressure um, as what Brady got, but never know. You know, who knows what happened in these games? Yeah, that's it. Uh, right, uh, we're down to our final eight. I'm going to throw it out there and um, I'm going to say the 49ers are going to be Super Bowl winners. Who's got? That's all right. Back to his sports bet earlier in the year at $17. So I'm hoping they come home. Mate, I hope they do for you. Yeah, I'm not sure. I could be on the Hudson, I could be on the Hudson train here. Which one? The Chiefs? Nah, Kansas City, I think. Yeah, I, and I, I hope they do, but, I, yeah, mate, it's been an awesome season. It's been so up and down, so many different quarterbacks lost and 
Uh, yeah, down to so many third-string quarterbacks. It's been yeah. unreal. Well, don't get me wrong. I'd love to see the 49ers do it. Yeah. You know, but will that experience hurt them? Yeah. I don't know, mate. Who knows? KC are a pretty good side, as you know. Yep. They've been thereabouts for a number of years now. They've, yeah. Right. I feel like. You feel like what? I feel, like, I feel like they got a ring coming. That's all. Got a, got a ring. Got to put a ring on it. Ring sting. Right. Uh, NFL, mate. It's been awesome to watch this year. Loved Let's it. Uh, quickly recap um, the ABL. Now, Giants and Heat pretty much guaranteed their uh, spots, I believe, and yeah, the Bandits. It's the last week. Last regular regular season week, so comes down to uh, I guess Auckland and Canberra. Um, you touched on it earlier, Randall. Whoever wins the most games out of those um, two teams this weekend goes through the playoffs. Now let's hope. Uh, so the Cavs have got the Blue Sox in Sydney. You're going down to the game, mate. Yeah, yeah, I'm going down. They got the four game series as usual. Um, I'm not going down for the Friday night game, but doubleheader Saturday and then one game Sunday. So I'm take, going down with the family and, and another family. So yeah, I'll see how much I actually remember of it. As you, as you could imagine, staying down in Sydney for the night. I, oof, I don't know who's driving, but it won't be me. Good on you, Heidi. Yeah. All kind of got um, Brisbane, so... I mean, it's mm. going to be a tough ask for them to get some points. Um, I I really think that the Cavs will come through here. Um, it's, pre- it's, it's pretty straightforward, isn't it? You know, one team's playing first place that have dominated a comp all year. The other team's playing last place. But in saying str- that, struggled. In saying that, though, the last couple of weeks, the amount of runs that the Blue Sox have put on has been yeah. pretty good yeah. to watch. Uh, that is, they they, ha, they have been playing pretty good actually. They've been so. swinging a bat a lot better. Yeah. yeah, it's good to see they come. They've come good. Hopefully, you get to see some close games down there this weekend. Uh, good luck to all our ABL teams uh, this weekend. Uh, be... Go see Cambo, mate. Go see Cambo and Bossy, and hope they do something. Yeah, I'm sure they if, will. If they don't, they'll hear about it. Ah, uh, mate, I'm sure they'll hear about it anyway. Oh, yeah. they do. <laughs> this, what about uh, the other? What about the other division? Uh yeah, they they Melbourne and Perth are way ahead. Uh, so they've clinched. Uh, let me have a look. Or so Adelaide and Perth. So yeah, sorry, Adelaide and Perth. Melbourne's in in third. Yep. Uh, my bad. Um, yeah, Adelaide are four games in front of Melbourne, so. And who have Melbourne got? Melbourne have got Geelong Korea. Um, and well, they must have a split series, do they? Uh, oh, no. Sorry, my bad. Geelong Korea and Adelaide. Um, and Melbourne play Perth. There you go. So you think so, Adelaide should win at least one of those games to... I uh, imagine so. I think yeah. even if they lose all four... Uh, or there might have been a mathematical chance, Davo, for and against. I'm not sure. 
uh, if they lost all four and yeah, know, and Melbourne won all four. Um, yeah, okay. But yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. So it should be Adelaide and Perth that go through. Yeah, is what, is what we're yeah. saying. You reckon? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Brisbane and I'm picking the Cavs. I'm I'm picking the Cavs too. I I think they'll be too strong for Blue Sox. I think, and it's just too hard for for Auckland to to beat Brisbane. They did at the start of the year that first weekend. I yeah. think they they won three out of four, maybe or that was the only weekend that. they won three out of four. I think. And um, but that was when all the Australian players were in Japan. Yeah. So yeah. since then. Brisbane have welcomed a lot of players back. Speaking of the Australian players, did you see the Robbie Perkins home run to sure tie did. it up and then and then oh. he hit a sack fly to win the game, didn't he? Unreal. Except that. Absolutely what a, awesome. What a legend. Yeah, for sure. Right on, fellas. Uh two down under is uh happening for the cyclists down there in Adelaide. We've got the Australian Open tennis going on. I'm not gonna touch on it. We've been dribbling on for so long. There's probably yeah. nobody listening at this stage anyway. But um I will I will say congratulations to those Australians that were wild card entries that have gotten through to the yeah. second round. I think there was three three or four uh men yeah. and definitely one one lady who beat who beat a, a seated player as well. Yep. Um today it was. So, no, um yeah, um, Diminor got through just before um, in three straight sets, pretty easy. Andy Murray this afternoon struggled, 5 Yeah, south. That was a quality game. He ended up getting through. Um, but who does he play now? Or does he? Diminor? I did look at this. Was it Diminor? Oh, who does Diminor play? Or... No, Murray. He'll play the winner of um, the Kokonakis. And the Itai um, Fognini, I think it is. Oh, you can't say Kokonakis on air. Oh, so, sorry. But, yeah, their game was suspended um, earlier. So, right. Uh Yes, I believe so. Must have been playing it, in the it, outer it, court. It, it, it was all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that has re, recommenced. He won the first at 6-1, and he's up 2-0, 2 nothing, to love, to... I don't know. You're the tennis guru, mate. Love means nothing. But we, won't, we won't say that. What about... Uh, no, I won't <laughs> say my net joke either. <laughs> um, right, fellas, anything else for, for the week coming up in sport? Uh, for me, it's just going to be the NFL this weekend. I'm digging it at the moment, as you know. It's on at good times. Yep. When when I'm really busy at work and I can have the iPad sitting next to me, um, yeah, and obviously the ABL going down for the ABL. So, and plus Big Bash, Aussie yep. women, cricket, yep. yep, and then just who if any Aussies playing in the oak tennis, I sort of try and get a bit of that in. For those, what about yourself? Uh, Newcastle and Central Coast baseballers, uh, if you aren't doing anything. Come up to Newey on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for the under-14 Summer Sizzler. Uh, it's happening up there at Boomerang Park. It'll be good to watch some kids go around and play a bit of baseball. Uh, other than that, I've got nothing. 
same with you guys, NFL, cricket, tennis. And, uh, yeah, kids will probably have a bit of backflip practice again. <laughs> but that's about it for me. Dave. Dave. Cricket, cricket, more cricket. Beautiful. So, watching cricket, playing. Girls aren't back yet. Mind you, both daughters played uh, with the wife in the women's second grade on Saturday, which she loved. Um, young Ashley, our nine-year-old, was out there fielding, uh, which she's allowed to do, and just dominated out there, made the difference in the team, which got him a win. So beauty. Uh, I got to see some of it since our game finished early. Um, so, yeah, love watching it and bring on more cricket. Can't get enough. Any classic catches, mate, or what? No, no classic catches. Nearly mm-hmm. a run out, but um, mm-hmm. she's only nine and her arm's stronger than half the women in the team. Like, that's no offence to the women playing. They're out there doing their best, but, uh, yeah. All right, mate. Her arm's probably stronger than mine, too. Yeah. Yeah, oh. I don't want to have a throw-over. <laughs> <laughs> mate, we're talking about classic catches. Do they uh, get the classic catches going in the pool? Oh, always. Yeah. Always. And it's sort of like if it's not sort of volleyball, uh, the blow-up volleyball, it's yeah, classic catches jumping from um, uh, outside the pool into the pool. Hello. Hello, He's mate. Mates. He's oh, mate. mate saying hello. Uh, yeah. G'day, champion. Yeah, we've always got to do classic catches in the pool. It just goes without saying. Oh, Jesus. Hey, mate, who's your uh, pick for the NFL? Oh, yeah, he's bored too. He's yeah, she's had enough. It's show. like. You dribbled on long enough. How about you give me tea? Yeah, fair enough. Overrated. Fair enough. Right, let's boot it then so you can go give the dog dinner. Uh, she'll right. survive. Thanks, fellas. Been a pleasure as always. Yeah, yeah love it, guys. Good to have Ando on and uh, then talk some more dribble after. Yeah. I love yeah. to hear. I love to hear about his about his career. It's unreal. Yeah. Thanks, fellas. <laughs>